0: Part of him being a scribe is he studies the law of Moses. He knows it really well, and um, he lives according to um, the law. He also um, is of the line of Aaron, Okay. Like of the direct line straight to Aaron. So.
1: How does King Artaxerxes feel about Ezra? Based on what we're looking at here, how how does he? I mean, he doesn't. I mean, just like what we did before, we looked at uh, the conversation that the officials in chapter six, I think it was. um, No, it would have been chapter five. The letter that was sent to King Darius. We looked at a letter from an official and we could gather. The conversation based on what was learned from the letter. So let's take that same rule of interpretation and apply it here where we're reading about what's going on and see if we can gather how the king feels about Ezra and what What can we point to as proof of that.
0: you well, def- hate him well he definitely has a lot of respect for Ezra.
1: respect that's a good word
0: um, you know even the way he greeted him and what he said about his life and who he was how he referenced Ezra's God mm-hmm. showed he had a lot of respect for Ezra just even upon arriving Ezra's reputation preceded him
1: okay we we'll see in uh, verse 6
2: chapter 7. Yes, confidence. Confidence in Ezra. He supports Ezra. Right there in chapter 6 it says, And the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. It was was verse 7.
0: Verse 7, chapter 6. I mean chapter 7.
2: Chapter chapter six. I I'm sorry, I meant verse. Six, chapter seven.
1: Okay, so he respects Ezra. He has confidence in Ezra. Uh, what is it that what position is Ezra in now? Are they staying or are they going? The they're, children of Israel. They're going. they're going. They're going. So what is Ezra's position here? Is he named for being one of them and saying, uh, well, since I know your name, we'll go ahead and name a book after you.
2: What what role is he playing here?
1: Historian.
2: He's a historian. He's writing down the the account of what's going on. He also appears to be um, the leader, you know, walking everybody home. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look in chapter five, we see that Tatanai was a Persian governor mm-hmm. over on that side of the river. Right. So, and Zerubbabel, so we can see Ezra as. I don't think he's named as a governor here, but we do see him in a leadership role.
1: Okay. He's given a leadership position, um, and authorized by. Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes, the king of Artaxerxes. Persia. All right, so they're leaving out there in this letter. What is it that's does there? Is there anything in this letter that just kind of stands out to you concerning what the king wrote about Ezra, his duty, what they had to do, what's outlined in the letter? Anything that stands out? to you?
0: The main thing to me seemed to be that Ezra seemed to be in a very representative state of the people of Israel just because a lot of what the king chooses to do is based off of what he knows about Ezra. Not necessarily just the people or even what is going on before but you even see like a I don't think foreshadowing is the word but pre-something of what Darius would end up doing. Right. Because you hear a lot of the same language, a lot of the same compliance with what is needed, them being helped, you know, it just it's like with Israel, with um Egypt, it's like Egypt needed to be humbled. Right. Okay. With Persia, you're kind of getting that footstool kind of thing. You know, where like how it says in Psalms that mm-hmm. God will make your enemies your footstool. Like, your enemies are not just setting you free. They're helping. Right. They're paying for it, but also helping you build this temple. And like you said in the beginning, you don't really see a merit other than the move of God. Because this is not Persia's God. Right. But they reference God. You know, as he keeps referring to him as your God. You know, and then even at the end, when he says, why would we invite, why, I mean... Let's make sure we do this. Why would we invite the wrath of God on our household? Right. You know, it's like even as a superpower in the world, they still seem to understand. And they even refer to him, the king of Persia, as the king of kings. Mm -hmm. There are other kings in the land, but Persia, the Persian king, is king to them. Right. You know, so the fact that he said, Why would we invite the wrath of God upon our household? They obviously know something about God. Like, he's letting us rule, so we don't want this to backfire on us. So, they need something. If a prophet amongst them says, this needs to happen, let's help them out. Mm. You know, almost like a, you know, looking out for yourself kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Something happens in time. And the further and further we get away from an event, the more it seems to be colored in a different light. If you if some event happens and we have record of it at that time, then we can go to the record. If time passes and the record's there, then we start to question what? The authenticity of it? Uh, when they wrote, what, well, was, were they really inspired by this, whatever they said their inspiration was? When it comes to the writing's in the Bible, we've got to keep in mind that there were things that happened, like Egypt. We, we always mention Egypt. That happened, and they at this time, Artaxerxes, Cyrus, Darius, these folks don't look at Egypt like we look at Egypt today. And I'm saying we as in general. We look at it as something that's in a book from thousands of years ago. There, this is B.C. In this time. They're not so far removed from it that it's like forgettable. And a lot of the stuff, remember the documents that they have then, we look at this and say it's ancient it's not ancient to them. The stuff that we're reading now was not ancient to them when it was written. It's fresh in their minds. So as we look at it, because we can have a thought and within a year, our thoughts can become a book that's published and goes worldwide. We get so used to stuff happening like that. Look how many words are there. And this person just had an idea. And they're selling all over the place. Number one, bestseller. Because it gets published so quickly and it's in digital form. It didn't happen like that back then. Stuff traveled through oral tradition. And some traveled by writing. And then some was oral tradition and said, you know what, let's go ahead and put this, document this. Because we don't want it to get out of hand. But at this time, they're looking at what was going on. You mentioned Egypt. It's not far-fetched. It's not far. This is, this is not mythical in their minds. This is a, a thing that happened, and there's documentation, and the fruits of that, what happened? Were they in captivity? Yes, the record says it. Just like the record says that The Babylonians took over them before we came along. That's a little fresher, but it's looked at in the same way. All that to say, when we look at it, we can't just look at it as an ancient writing or some far off idea. We we look at it as though maybe it's not that far removed. Mm. Because let's remove ourselves ourselves and if God should delay the coming of Christ for 4,000 years, and people read this, what do you think will have more relevance? The writings here or the art of the deal? The writings here or living your best life? You know, I don't even know if that's the name of a book, but I'm, I'm just saying, these writings that are more current will look at and, and offer all kinds of explanations about what was going on in the world today and everything. but the stuff that's going to stand are the, are the things like this, the documentation of, of history, the other, the literature and all this stuff it's beautiful to discuss, but what is it that's going on here?
2: Like the, the art of the deal versus the articles of impeachment. Right. For Donald Trump. They both describe the same person. Okay. However, right. one is an actual historical document and one is something that happened, is a document that happened in history. Right. So one's written for the ages and one with, it happened in ages.
1: Right. A book, mm-hmm. the art of the deal would be a book mm-hmm. that's historical because it refers to a person mm-hmm. who later became the president. Oh, he also wrote a book. What's written in the book may not be historical, might be hysterical, but the fact that it's tied to a historical figure is what gives it relevance.
0: One thing uh, I pay attention to about Ezra is just the heavy impact that the life he lived had on what happened. Right. You know, he's leading the people of Israel home. You know, he's being told, lead your people home. Again, not off of Israel, but off of him. Mm. And it, to me, it shows the significance of the life that you live. And how we can think so little of it. Um, I was talking with um, uh, Deacon Nesbitt about uh, homosexuality recently. And the idea that the biggest justification for it is when people say, it's I'm not hurting anybody. But one might also think that when they lie, if you view the lie as small, or one might think that if you steal, you know, or in some form, you know, even Matthew was a thief. Mm-hmm. Cheating people is being a thief, but... Imagine where they might have been. I mean, of course, God could have still worked. But had God actually put all his eggs in one basket, I guess that's not a fair thing to say. But look at where they'd be if Ezra didn't just live the life he lived. Mm -hmm. And it even emphasized because he wanted to live right. He wanted to study the law of God. You know, what happens to the people around you? How many people around you fall when you do Mm -hmm. or fall because of your choices Or you just saying, I just don't want to carry this cross anymore. I just don't want to follow this to the T. Living holy is is too big of a burden. Like how many more people get affected by you dropping your standards or you dropping your calling? I mean, Ezra, just the way he lived affected the king.
1: And the king gave him a position of leadership and And something like a an officer, because an officer with a black card you know just and i I'm not talking about like you know what I'm saying mm. uh he didn't even watch the color purple I mean like a a a card to you know whatever expenses you need you know they they named a limit, but he's saying that it's really not an object just you throw a number out there and not saying that they even expect it to go this high. If someone told anybody here, you can go shopping at Walmart, uh, whatever you want, the limit's like $100,000. When you go into Walmart, you're not expecting to spend that much. No matter what you get. If you have to go there and get, now, This wasn't just him to go and go crazy, just knocking stuff off the shelf. He looked at Ezra as a man of integrity. And because you love God and because you follow his statutes, I want to put you in a position where if you need anything, it'll be taken care of. Someone like that, you could say $100,000 in Walmart. Uh, because I know all that you're going to get is stuff that pertains to the worship of God and to to bring people to the knowledge of Him. If they don't know, you teach them. He's also being put in a position as a professor. You teach them that don't know. So he understands because of the life that Ezra lives before him that he can be entrusted with a knock yourself out kind of Freedom when it comes to spending. Because he's not going to go in there and say. Oh, I'll get a little stuff myself. What did he say? Anything that's left over after you've done that. You can use it for whatever you need. To. Do the work. Verse 18. Right. That's the work that you're there to do. What does it say?
2: Whatsoever shall seem good to thee and to thy brethren. To do with the rest of the silver and gold. That do after the will of your God.
0: Basically whatever you say.
1: Right. Now. That brings us to us. Could anyone. Trust you. To take. An amount. Any kind of amount. Of money. And say do your. What your heart's desire. Here's a million dollars. Half of that. 500,000. Half of that. Quarter of a million dollars. 250,000 dollars. Do whatever is in your heart to do. Think on that thought. And ask yourself. Of the first. Three things that came to your mind. What in that. Had to do with. Building the kingdom. And you'll see why King Artaxerxes did not give you that. Not only because we're not in that time. Because we think of, what do we think of? What do we think of? Ourselves. 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 Our debt. Our needs. Mm -hmm. Once we get that out of the way, that's the burden on my mind. Then we can work towards, you know, i get some money to the church they can do whatever with it. But that's not what he's telling him. You do whatever you need to do with it. Because I know, even though the king cannot know the heart of a man, just what kind of life must you be living where you get an unlimited supply to do whatever's in your heart to do and be trusted to do the will of your God? Who among us can be trusted just in, not just the the money, but with our lives? Do the will of your God. I pray for this to happen and it doesn't happen like I want it to. Why? Why doesn't God answer prayer sometimes? Or does he not answer prayer? Could it be? hundred no, dollars Yeah, he said no. <laughs> That's an answer. <laughs> I asked him for something and he denied me. Even with what he was saying, I don't have cash on, I don't have it on me. Whatever came out of his mouth left my hand empty. So what we do in prayer is look at our hand and hear what God said something. It must have been no because my hand is still empty. Mm. What did he tell you to do? Do we realize that sometimes the thing that he tells us to do leads us to what we are asking for? We want an increase in faith. Go to where God tells you to go. But I'm, I'm trying to get that you want to in the order that you see it. And God don't work in your order because your order is out of order to him. Mm-hmm. You want a straight beeline to the blessing. But he wants to build your strength to be able to carry what he's going to give you. Mm-hmm. You ain't even strong enough. Your cup isn't big enough. Can he trust you with that? Whatever the assignment is.
2: Chapter 7. Um, so, the homework for this week read to discuss chapter 7. Oh, 8. Chapter 8. I said 7. I even wrote 7. It's 8. Alright, read to discuss chapter 8. But your questions are time frame. Let's deal with time frame. The first question is, all right. Consider this: David from David to the captivity. David happened. What year was David alive and everything?
0: Uh, Three hundred.
2: Right. BC. <laughs> <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> David was about a thousand BC. About a thousand BC. The captivity happens in. The first return to Jerusalem is in five thirty-eight BC. That's about four hundred and thirteen years between the captivity. That's when Cyrus, uh, when Cyrus makes his proclamation, and David. So we're looking at about four hundred thirteen years where that's concerning.